What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area, and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrT'sTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Manis, alongside my co-hosts, Jack Manis and Andrew Schreffler. Welcome back, folks. We are through week five, on to week six. A heartbreaking, soul-crushing, dominating loss for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Jack and I, and Schreff, of course, We'll have a lot to say about that. Kenny's first start, how that went, some ups, some downs. Uh, I'm sure Jack doesn't think there's any downs. Um, But, and Treff, another win for his Eagles, this time a little bit closer than the previous four matchups. Um, But they are still, as it sits today, the only undefeated team in the NFL still. So they are rolling right along. Um, Jack has a surprise segment for us as well. Don't know what that entails, but I feel like it could be like trivia or something like that, knowing him, but we'll say. Could it be. could it really could be, yes. Um, it's trivia. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Come on. Okay. I know you I, I know him well. All right. Yeah, so stay tuned for that. Don't know what the trivia is about, but we will find out um momentarily. You can, you can guess it's about the NFL. Well, I know, but like there's a lot of that's that's pretty vague still. There's a lot of Specific. I don't know how to say that word. You know, there's a lot of specifics. Yes, that one. Thank you. Um, and then of course, sports book donation of the week at the end of the of the episode. Um, I mean, we'll get to it, but obviously, I got gypped, right? No, no. <laughs> what do you mean, no? I I based my whole reasoning on one person. Yeah, and he barely played. Should've, should have I should have predicted a concussion. Yeah, my fault. Sorry. Um, yeah. Well, anyway. Shref, talk about the Eagles. They squeaked by a win. Honestly, should have went to overtime if not for Kyler Murray making a questionable decision there at the end of the game. Yeah. Um, but they do... They were playing with a backup kicker, right? Both teams were, yes. That, that is that is correct. That is correct. Okay. So who knows if the Cardinals kicker would have made a closer field goal. But tell us about the game, how everyone played, and what you think about your team going into uh, Sunday Night Football against your division rival. 
I will comment on that kick first before I get into this. Um, I don't know if you guys were watching it closely, but they showed in warmups, he missed that that kicker missed that same kick like six times in warmups and the same like like squirted off to the right. And that's the exact same thing that he did. Wow. So it was very it was very funny how like it was legit just like he couldn't hit it in warmups and he just he just couldn't hit that kick. So like talk about just like perfect spot, perfect time. It all worked out for for my side of things. Um anyways, word of the day. Ah, that, that was my word. <laughs> nice. Uh, More of a like, um, by far the, uh, the, the ugliest game that the Eagles have played so far this year, just as, as, as a team as a whole, like the Lions game is close, but like they, they had that game under control until the end. So like they're, this Cardinals game the entire time was like, eh, you know, it was a little questionable. Um, but let's get into some individual things and some overall things here. So Jalen Hurts, uh, still accurate, which it's funny. Like when we talked about him this year, the first thing we kind of said is like, he's not a guy that's going to like be completing like 60% of his passes. And that's what he's been doing. He 26 to 36, 239 yards. Um, and most impressive throw of the day was at the end of the game. Uh, they talked about it in all the press conferences after, but obviously checked at the line different play at the line of scrimmage. He changed it and it ended up in a Dallas Goddard uh, first down that uh, helped them get into field position, uh, keep running clock. Um, just an awesome play by him. Um, he keeps showing those things kind of game by game. Obviously this wasn't like the cleanest game by any means, but he keeps doing these little things that just uh, are making me more and more confident in him. So uh, cannot complain about that. Um, and then also did his thing in the running game, 61 yards, rushing two TDs, a lot of QB sneaks, um, not mad about that. I've always been on the side of when it's fourth and one, why wouldn't you just trust that your line and your QB can get that yard? And that's exactly what Nick Sirianni thought, I guess. So it worked out very well. Um, so yeah. And then, uh, in the passing game, Goddard and Devonte Smith led the way eight and 10 catches for each of them for 95 and 87 yards respectively. Um, AJ Brown started off the game, uh, it seeming like it was going to be one of those like 10 catch games for him. And then they just, didn't see much action after that. I don't know. I'd have to look a little closer in that. I'd have to see if that was more of like a Cardinals defensive adjustment or what that was. But either way, they still got the win, so it was it was a okay for me. Um, so yeah, overall, I thought the offense looked strong at times, but definitely uh, seemed to struggle to get into that rhythm. They didn't seem like they were able to kind of build on drives, but still some good things to take out of that uh, with the bad. Obviously, the defense is what worried me a little bit more this game. Um, started off very strong, uh, kind of what they've been doing the last couple weeks, uh, early stops. Uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson had a pick early on. And then they got to the second half, and it they got they got very soft. Um, we talked about that Vikings game when the Vikings, the whole game, played like that kind of bubble defense and just let the Eagles just kind of make their way up the field. And that was exactly what the Eagles did against the Cardinals. If you look at the Cardinals receivers, I don't have the stats off the top of my head, but every receiver was averaging like, eight, nine yards a catch. So it was just, it was the same thing every time. It was just like that, those little like six, seven yard throws, you get like five yards after the catch. And then obviously Tyler with his feet was able to make some things happen as well. But it was just that, that second half was just, they just made their way down and then it came down to whether or not it was a touchdown or a field goal, but it was the same thing every time. Um, yeah. So that was an issue that uh, we saw against the lions a little bit, very conservative um, uh, on the part of Jonathan Gannon. Um, and that's something that uh, right now it hasn't completely killed them yet because they haven't lost because of it. But I think down the line when you're playing, if we get into games with some teams that can score early and often, that that sort of conservative 
stuff just isn't going to work. And it's uh, something that I'm not overly concerned about yet, but certainly monitoring. Um, but at the end of the day, a win is a win. They pulled it out. They made certain plays when they had to make certain plays. Very intrigued, and I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit, very intrigued for uh, this coming week against Dallas. Um, easily the the best team we've played so far coming into this game, it seems. Obviously, Dallas still waiting for Dak to come back, but Cooper Rush, while not great, has been enough to win them games. Their defense has been incredible. Uh, so definitely on both sides of the ball, it, it should be a, a very good challenge. Very happy to be at home for this game for sure. But overall, a win's a win. Yeah, I like that. I mean, every team is a hard team in the NFL. You know, you can't take any opponent lightly. I know the Cardinals, you know, the record doesn't look bad, but we don't really think they're a great football team, especially on the defensive end. And they did pretty well against the Eagles, all things considering. I mean, they only limited them to 20 points. So, I mean, they, they played pretty well there. So, um, but yeah, like I said, you got to you gotta be happy with where things at. Not every game is going to be a, a steamroll or, or like a – comfortable victories there's there's going to be these types of games throughout the season for sure uh jack do you have anything to say because i was going to bring up something about devonta smith real quick um sure real quick i want to comment about um the cardinals play calling and kyler as well uh to point out the obvious that was Big fault on Kyler for sliding too early that costed them. I mean, they could have gotten a closer field goal attempt if he had more awareness of where the the field or the uh, first down sticks are. Get the first down and extend the drive. Um. Also, the uh, I feel like he should be running more. He only has, I believe, 133 rush yards on the year. So that's about like 25 rushing yards a game. And this is one of, other than Lamar Jackson, he's the best running quarterback in the league. Um, And from what I've seen, he's made some questionable throws at times. And uh, I mean, he can throw, but I just think they should rely more on his rushing ability. He leads the league in pass attempts, which I guess that's due to, I feel like they've had a lot of second half uh, comebacks, but establish the run with Kyler early is what I think they should uh, do to not be in those second half deficits. I completely agree. I mean, I think a lot of that is uh, Kingsbury coming from that Texas tech offense, just like complete air raid. And obviously he's adapted that to the NFL, but uh, I mean, Kyler was supposed to be drafted as a dual threat and most pass attempts in the league just doesn't, just doesn't quite compute in my brain, especially watching a full game of him and seeing how he is just consistently able to like simply outrun people. Like yeah. you just can't keep up with them. So it, I mean, the fact that Kingsbury isn't taking more advantage of uh, his running ability is very confusing and probably another reason why we uh, sometimes talk poorly about him. Well, you're preaching to the choir. I have um, as the main component of two of my fantasy teams. So I would love more rush attempts. Uh, no, potentially no James Conner or Daryl Williams this week. So maybe they use him a little bit more near, near the goal line. Yeah. Um, especially cause they're playing a Seahawks team that isn't very good against the run. We just saw Taysom Hill put up ungodly numbers against them. So, 
maybe we'll see an uptick in in rushing volume for him this week and the weeks going forward to kind of pick up the the lack of uh you know personnel they have at at the running back position because right now it's just Eno Benjamin he doesn't really he's not really a he's a smaller back for sure so maybe they'll use Kyler in some creative ways near the goal line who knows Kyler is the bruiser exactly yeah you never thought you'd see the day um yeah, yes, that, that's a good point, Jack. I, I mean, obviously, I agree, and I hope that that happens. Um, I just wanted to bring up a trade that I just rec- I acquired Devonta Smith in a league tonight, so I just wanted to see what everyone's thoughts were on it. Um, Jack, I don't know if you saw it or not. Did you? Didn't. No. Okay, it was in Fantasy Stars. I um I traded Mark Andrews and Isaiah McKenzie for Devonta Smith and Amari Cooper. Hmm. I don't know if I love it, even though I made the trade. I just was my receivers were so bad. I, I, I'd be starting if I didn't make the trade. I have T. Higgins, but he's most likely not going to play this week. And he had zero last week because he, he was active, but he just didn't play. Um, but if I assuming he's out, I would have had to start two receivers in my flex. I would have to start Juju, Elijah Moore, and Isaiah McKenzie. So yes. I'm glad I'm glad I uh, do, you have another, do you have another tight end? You're going to stream one. I don't currently have a tight end, so I'm going to have to work on that. I know Mark okay. Andrews is doing what he usually does, but like I said, I need wide receiver death badly. Devonta Smith is currently wide receiver 23 and Amari Cooper is currently wide receiver 16. Yeah. My, my hope is, you know, Although I despise the Sean Watson, don't want to root for him whatsoever. In theory, he'd be an upgrade for quarterback uh, for Amari Cooper. I will and say. Could, could provide me league winning upside in the second half. I agree, upgrade a quarterback, but at the same time, I do wonder like, what if, what if those two don't have the same connection as Jacoby and him do right now? Because I mean, right. Amari has a very good thing going with Jacoby right now. I kind of agree with Shref that um I feel like it worse it could be a lateral move. Right. That's what I, well, I, I don't disagree with that. I for some reason in my head I'm thinking at best in terms of Cooper's production, it's a lateral move. Like I could see him like he's producing I love Mark Cooper. I think he's very underrated. So I'm not one of those people that hates Mark Cooper, thinks he's overrated at all. But I he's producing very well and like I don't see I don't know. I, I don't see like Deshaun Watson stepping in, him like skyrocketing to top five wide receiver for fantasy purposes. Yeah, I just I agree in theory I see that like that makes sense, but I just don't personally don't see well, that happening. Because I mean, at the end of the day, him. even even with Deshaun, you still have Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt like that. Like that. Yeah, right. Their MO is to run the ball. Change. Yeah, I mean that is also even, true. Even, sorry to cut you off, Mitchell, but even if he doesn't. Uh, even if he stick, sticks to his production, like that's he's a high wide receiver too. So I mean, that's like a that's good value. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if I'm looking at his fantasy points and half PPR for the th- first five weeks. We have three point two, twenty point six, nineteen point six, one point four, seventeen point one. So obviously, the real three really good weeks and two really bad weeks. I just think that. With Watson, he's not going to have a one-point game. Like you'd have to think that this floor goes up a little bit because mm-hmm. they're not going to throw less with Deshaun Watson. They they would throw more or equal, 
And I just think that the quality of pass should be a little bit better. I don't know. I feel it. Yeah. Like, like Jackson, even if his production stays at wide receiver 16, I just think that's, that's I, I like, like Elijah Moore, Juju Smith Schuster. I also have Helen Robinson too, just to throw in the mix there. So yeah. it's really outside of T Higgins. It's really ugly. So I just needed some, I need some competent players in there. In t- because I, I as as good as Mark Andrews is, like I I, it, I couldn't get by with only getting like five points out of my wide receiver two and three every single week. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think the the need certainly has to take priority at that point. Right. We really we really got to wrap up this fantasy talk. But Charlie offered me a trade this morning. You guys want to see hear it? Well, you That's how it started because Charlie offered me the trade. Oh, just to Charlie? Offered. Yeah, I guess it was. It was Charlie. So the the initial trade he offered me was DJ Moore, McCole Hardman, and Devin Singletary for Mark Andrews. I'm like, I don't know about oh, that one. Oh, brother! <laughs> I got a very similar trade offer from him. Oh, okay. For Travis so he, Kelsey. He the impression that more players means means better means better deal. <laughs> for Travis Kelsey, he. I give him Travis Kelsey. He gives me Kirk Cousins, Darren Waller, Michael Hardman. Oh, I don't know about that one. Yeah. And his um, comment was, please. That's exactly that's, that's, a, that's what his comment hey, was to me, too. Hey, I respect uh, it. You might as well try. Maybe you guys will accidentally like hit accept or something like that, you know? Yeah, but I thought my counter, I thought my counter was pretty fair. I, I think it's a fair deal, to be honest. Yeah, yeah sure. I don't disagree. I mean, I, I, obviously, he gets the better player, but I get two like solid either a, like a mid to like mid wide receiver twos. I don't know. Potential. Well, receivers. And like you said, based on, based on your current situation, it was kind of a necessary move. So I think so. All right. We'll wrap it up for now. Uh, Steelers time. We don't have to spend, I mean, we'll spend as, I guess as long as we need to, but I mean, it was just bad. The defense was embarrassing. Um, it got out of hand very quickly. Um, so, I mean, we all know that we don't have to spend too much time about talking about how good the bills are and how bad our defense looked. We can just spend this time talking about what we all want to hear about is Kenny, I guess, if that's good, cool with everyone. Cool with me. Mitchell, you said we're going to talk about the good and the bad and you're going to, or the ups and the downs, however you put it. And you're going to, you said, you don't think I'll think there any, are any downs. Someone tell me what the downs are. Um, I mean, no touchdowns, right? Um, on a defense that had a lot of missing pieces in the secondary. Um, so I don't know. And I, again, he did throw for 320 whatever yards and he completed 65% of his passes, but I don't know. A lot of it wasn't. A lot of it wasn't a game that didn't really matter in the for half of the game, right? Which, I mean, most of the game, the defense had to have been prepared for a passing offense, and he still completed a good percentage of his passes and threw for that many yards. That's impressive. Um, the defense, the Bills' defense, missing some pieces, sure, but it's still a top five defense. Even even with the pieces gone, I think. Yeah, uh, five to ten. Also on the road. Uh, did you watch the video I sent you of all every play he had? Can he pick a play? 
well, it wasn't every play that he had. It was every pass. Sorry. Yeah. No, I did not see that video. I saw the video that you made. Right. Uh, so I watched that video twice. Uh, I this is. I mean, I'm speaking with the most bias in the world, but I would credit him with probably six bad this passes last decisions, which that could be expected of any quarterback, not just especially not a rookie making his first start. I mean, obje- from an objective view, our friend Jake even said that he did not look like a rookie. He was impressed by him, and I've watched clips of a handful of NFL analysts, and they agree that he looked it, like he looked good. What impressed me the most about him in his start, and he showed this in the preseason and in the second half of the Jets game, is that he stands there and he, whenever the pocket collapses, he's not phased whatsoever. And he takes hits, and that's something Trubisky did not do at all. And it's not something a rookie often does. It's just is so calm in the pocket when there's so much pressure around you. And willing to take those hits, which he was. Um, and the fa- to your point about the uh, no touchdowns, I made a compilation of our wide receivers letting him down, which there were some that didn't really go. Drives that end up stalling out that didn't really go his way, that weren't really his fault. Uh Deontay not keeping his feet on inbounds, holding onto the ball. Granted, they were tough plays. Mitchell points pointed out, but I mean Deontay could still make those plays. Um, he another red zone opportunity. He slid and got hit, and that should have been flagged. Um, somehow wasn't, but it ended up being a flag the other way, pushing us back 15 yards instead of front forward 15 yards. That would have put us like within the five yard line. Um, so that was just unlucky. Uh, so he didn't convert, but I sound biased again, but they weren't necessarily his fault. I, I really don't think so. Yeah. Uh, just breaking, I think there were five or six clips in, in that little compilation that you made. And I agree. I mean, the punch out where Deontay caught it and the, and the guy punched it out and, and I don't know if it was really incomplete pass. It was an incomplete pass. Yeah, uh, that's he's yeah he's got to be more aware or have just better strength of holding on to that ball. Uh, the one that Claypool didn't really make a good cut towards the ball and it ended up being incompletion. That was his fault, and also the one that was nearly picked Claypool's was de- yeah, yeah that was Claypool's fault, and the one that was nearly picked, um, Deontay has, has to catch that and can't let it go exactly just right through his hands. The other two or three though, like. It, that, those were so hard to catch. They were tough plays. Uh, Shrev, I'm sending you a video right now that I made, so you know what we're talking about. Yeah. I should have sent it to you beforehand. Um, but they were tough plays, but your receivers just got to make those plays sometimes. And like the tough plays that we're referring to, like Kenny put a beautiful ball like only, where only Deontay could catch it in the corner of the end zone on one and another one at the five-yard line. So even Kenny was giving his wide receivers the best opportunity he could to make those tough plays. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not saying they were Kenny's fault. I'm just saying I don't. I don't know if they were really Deontay's fault either for those. I don't really think anyone's at fault for that. Right. So um, also, I know we're really nitpicking here, but 
the George Pickens ca- incredible catch on the sideline d- towards the end of the game. Do you know what I'm referring to and why we didn't challenge that? No. So actually the game was so bad. They took it off of the tell. Like they, they switched it at, at like in the beginning of the fourth quarter to the Browns chargers game. That's right. I didn't get to see every play. Oh yeah. That's a shame. Yeah. Well, re- watch. You can watch that 11 minute clip I or v- YouTube video I sent, and it's towards the end. And George Pickens, it makes an incredible catch, and he gets one foot, and then gets a hand in bounds. And it was like they ruled it incomplete, but it was clear as day oh. that we should have challenged it. And Romo and Nance are saying like, challenge it, Pittsburgh, challenge it, and then like we snapped it and challenged it. So that was another. That would have got us a first down, extended the drive even more. Uh, it, it, I think that was around like the Bills 30 yard line. So that's just another. I guess coaching error that like that drive should have been extended. Um, I, d- I did see that. I, yeah. I forgot what you were referring to for a second. I did see that. Yes. Right. Um, yeah. So a generally good debut for him. Yeah. Uh, so again, we would have liked to see po- more points, but all things considered, considering the vi- environment that it was, um, considering that the defense did him absolutely no favors, two quick long touchdowns to Gabe Davis. Um, I think considering all those factors, it, it was pretty solid for sure. Also should have had nine points, two missed field goals. There you go. Um, so also, we want to talk. So, sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah. One last thing. I just, yeah, he threw it 52 times. That's just never ideal. <laughs> That's so much. It's a lot. I feel like there's, I feel like this is not a winning recipe to throw it's 52 not. times. No. So yeah, there's that. Um, but yeah, I guess what we wanted, Jeff specifically requested to talk about Najee Harris. Um, I, 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 I do want to preface it. <clears throat> it, as I was looking, wow. Sorry, as I was looking through stuff, I realized that the core of the argument that I feel like we can all will all be able to agree on in the end of this was more of a first round running back argument that I think I I was more leaning into. Okay. That's yeah. what I want to preface with this. We'll obviously get into specifics with Najee, but there there's an overarching point that I think we're we'll, we'll all arrive at here. I'll start with that overarching point and I agree. And I love Najee. I think he's still very talented running back. Um, and like I don't hate us spending a first-round pick on him still. But I stand by my claim that I made post-draft in 2021 that I wish we drafted an offensive lineman with his pick and then Javante Williams or another running back in the second round and then sign James Conner on a small deal. That would have been ideal. However, we're stuck with a horrible offensive line in Najee, but that's okay. Um, Mitchell, do you want to have a word? Yeah. Um, I mean, just looking at it, like you're looking at Damian Pierce, right? Who has a fourth round pick in this year's draft, and he's having an unbelievable start to the season. He's, I think, RB11 fantasy points. Um, getting a lot of volume, looks really good. Uh, and he was a fourth round pick. So it's just, it's really hard to justify it nowadays to, dra- to draft one in the round one. It really is. Um, and it's just really dependent on the offensive line. I mean, and Najee, 
I guess we're going to talk about his, I guess the injury that he's dealing with as well. He was never, I don't know, like his raw speed and explosiveness is never like his uh, number one trait. It's his uh, physicality, um, ability to handle large volume, re- good receiving back, uh, and kind of that those intangibles, not necessarily his speed. And when you have a potential Liz Frank injury or a foot injury, um, that's going to limit it even more. So for a guy that already isn't the most explosive running back to have that injury and have a bottom five offensive line in the league, it's just ne- like you, you, you get a, as a result of all those factors, you get a stat line that he got on Sunday, which was 11 carries for 20 yards. So it's just an ugly situation. And it's just, it's not really something's got to give. I mean, we either have to hold him out and he's got to get healthy again. Or there has to be dramatic improvements of the offensive line, which is hard to foresee, uh, and also hard to do. Probably a combination of both of those things. If he want ha- if he wants to have a, a season similar to last year, yeah. Um, a few words on that. You, those are some points that I wanted to make as well. Uh, a lot of Steelers Twitter is just pointing to yards per carry in. From Najee's and Jalen Warren, who's our backup running back, who is an undrafted free agent this year, rookie. Uh, Najee's yard per carry, I believe, is 3.1, and Warren is over a yard more. Um, Warren is set up to do well. Uh, many of his snaps have been later in the game where defenses are expecting us to pass, and if teams are scouting properly, Jalen Warren is uh, very good in pass protection, so... When he's out there, you'd expect a pass, but we've done a lot of misdirection in uh, giving him the ball, and he breaks off some runs. Um, that's why I see his yards per carry as being so much better than Najee's. And we have the most predictable offense in the world. I mean, when Najee's... It, we do run, run, pass so many times, and it's so frustrating, and Najee is... Najee's stats are the victim in that. Um and right, Mitchell put, touched on what I wanted to say. How uh, our offense isn't allowing him to do what he does best, and as Mitchell said, it's being a physical runner and running over guys, uh, and just uh, jumping over guys. We've seen him hurdle uh, several times, so you need space in order to do that. Like when you're getting hit behind the line of scrimmage, that's just impossible to to do. You need momentum to do both of those things. And I looked at the advanced rushing stats. Yards before contact, Jalen Warren is 16th. So yards before contact, that's presumably how good your offensive line is doing. I guess you can put it that way. Jalen Warren is 16th in the league in yards before contact. Najee is 71st in yards before contact. So that's... That is, there are 32 NFL teams. Right. That's so. like so drastic. I had a feeling it would be bad. I didn't think it would be that drastic in between. Not idea. Um, so we have Najee out there and just teams Noah running the ball. And on top of all this, we Mitchell pointed out that he is dealing with a list Frank injury. And there's some games he looks good running. Some games he looks bad running. Um, that's why. And people on Twitter I've seen have like, mentioned pointed out his like vision decision making and 
when you have an injury like that, that's going to impair your decision-making as well. So uh, I think that's a good explanation and a fair explanation of what I think is happening with Najee and our rush game in general. I like what you guys are saying. Um, yeah, uh, I think for me, when it comes to when it comes to the actual playing style of Najee, and I, I mean... Jack, when, when this conversation first started, I just said, I think I just said, like, oh, I'm seeing stuff on Twitter. But th- this was also through talking to our to our trusted colleague and Alex Templin, too. Um, it, him and also as I watched, it it did feel like, I mean, I feel like Najee's play style, he's more of a north to south type of runner. Like, he, he kind of want him kind of bringing on the contact, I feel like. Yeah, and it felt like uh, I mean, because we've seen how Warren's had success, and it's kind of in that east to west running uh, style, and that's not Najee's game, and it feels like he's almost trying to force it sometimes with that. And I mean, like we said, that that could be due to the O line as well, and certainly some of the blocking issues with all that. Um, but I think more of it to me comes to obviously Tomlin said this week that Warren's probably going to get more touches now, which I think honestly should have been happening even when the season started realistically. Um, I think this is a league that is very quickly turning into uh, if you don't have two running backs who you trust to give the ball to, it's going to be tough Um, because obviously you have guys who can be those bell cows. You have the Derrick Henry's, you have uh, the McCaffrey's, the Jonathan Taylor's, but it's at a point where the, the wear and tear on running backs is just so severe from game to game, not only season to season, it's just every single game. And you're seeing more and more injuries pop up and you, you just, you need those two guys to go to. And I think it was, uh, um, I mean, we, we, we've just seen it with the usage of Najee last year going into this year. It's just, it's just too many carries sometimes at the end of the day. And especially when you have a guy like Warren, who's showing promise in this offense where, I mean, especially with Trubisky in there, but like it was, it was, it was tough to find like these, these bright spots in the offense sometimes. And Warren's been providing that so far. So I think it it would, it would be very foolish of Tomlin to not give him more touches. Um, And then, as I said before, just the overarching argument is just that there's no need for the first round running backs. I mean, we, we could go through the list of them and we'd be able to find holes to poke in every single one of them, no matter how good they are when they are playing. It's, it's always the risk of injury, obviously, and then just how dependent on the rest of the team the running game is. If you don't have that O-line, if you don't have the right scheme, you could be a really great running back, and it might not matter, just depending on all those factors. So there's just too much in play for that, and I just think that every year we just get more and more ammunition that leads to this whole why draft a running back in the first round argument. Um, at the end of the day, I very much enjoy Najee. Uh, he's a very easy guy to root for. So I'm hoping that the Steelers do the right thing and hopefully you know, uh, if this injury is as uh, hindering as it seems to be, give him, give him some rest, uh, maybe not like sit him out, but just, you know, don't, don't force feed him the whole game. But I agree with everything you guys said at the same time. So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I think we covered on all bases there. Um, I do want to, I did bring up Damian Pierce and how he was a fourth round pick and how he is having a great start to the season. I, I don't, I, I feel like there's a lot of times where, especially in dynasty fantasy football communities where, you know, they're analyzing 
profiles of NFL like draft running backs. And they're saying like, oh, if they're drafted in round four or later, they're more likely to get replaced and all these things and whatnot. I think it's, and I'm sure I may have even brought this up on the show, maybe a long time ago or not. I can't really remember, but I think it's going to be interesting to see as the years progress, if that narrative around fourth round running backs gets kind of uh, altered a little bit, just because all the running backs are getting pushed back rounds yeah. right so the second round running back is the kind of like the new first round running back in a way so it'll be interesting to see if we see more and more of scenarios like pierce that are taken in the fourth round and kind of just run with it and are less likely to get replaced because the whole running back position is getting shifted further and further back i think it's just something interesting to look at so i just wanted to mention that i know it's a little off topic but all right. Trivia. Trivia time. Oh, man. I have 10 questions. Now, how are we going to do this? Because we're, we never did trivia on Discord, and I'm also on my phone. So how yeah, do you want to do, do this? Um, you said 10 yeah, you questions. Don't, yeah, you don't even have to go head-to-head if you don't want. I was going to say, what if, we did like a, what if we did like a penalty shootout, like a 1-1-1-1-1-1, one, 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 that type of deal? All right, that's fine. I'll give it to Shrev first, and Mitchell can steal that kind of thing. Yeah, I like that. Okay, okay, but we're alternate. Who gets first? Correct. Um, yeah, yeah. Priority. Sure. So, Shrev, do you want the first one? I guess. <laughs> Jack, do we get any any other? I guess besides NFL, do we get any other? Um, it's all like, stats. Got it. Uh, that that players, really helps us. Thanks. Player player stats post week five of okay. the season so far. Sure. All right, all right, all right, go ahead. Okay. Shref. Mm-hmm. Who is the only quarterback to play five games this season that has zero interceptions? And hint, he's undefeated as a starter. Mm. Zero interceptions. I should definitely know this. Oh, if he's undefeated as a starter, would it was that um that's not Cooper Rush, is it? Cooper Rush. Ah. One for Shreff. Who wants to keep score? I'll keep score. I don't Ooh. think it'll be that hard. I think we'll All be right. fine. <laughs> I feel like we'll be able to keep track of it. <laughs> Alright, this one's tougher. Okay. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Mitchell. All right. Name me the top five oldest quarterbacks to start a game this season. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> well, Tom Brady. Joe Flacco. Uh, this is hard. It's two pretty obvious ones. Left. There's one. Uh, Actually, there's two, yeah. <sighs> Russell Wilson? No. Okay. Um, Are we turning over to Shref now? Are you out? No, Matt Ryan. Okay. 
I know. Is that right? Yeah, he's he's five. Okay, so we I need so Brady's forty five. You're missing number two, number three. You have Flacco's thirty seven. Matt Ryan is also thirty seven. Okay, I'll get it. You're Give missing an obvious thirty nine. Rogers, Rogers, Rogers. Yes, Rogers. he's thirty nine. The last one, he's thirty seven. If it helps, he turns thirty eight on Thursday. Oh yeah, that definitely helps. Thanks. <laughs> um, gosh. Gee, Brian Hoyer. Correct, Brian Hoyer. Uh, okay. We'll give Mitchell like eighty percent point eight there. One okay. point eight is the, is the current score. Shref, you're up. Maybe this Shreff. is going to be hard to follow. Yeah, let's go. Which two quarterbacks currently lead the NFL in game-winning drives at three? And a hint, they both wear number eight. They're normally really good with football numbers. And if... Oh, wait. I know, oh, I know the answer. I mean, Kirk, Kirk's definitely one. Correct. The other one would be... Ooh, why can't I think of numbers now? I know the answer. Lamar doesn't have three, does he? Is no. that a guess? No, he doesn't have three. Can I steal now? All right, Mitchell, steal. Daniel Jones. Daniel oh, Jones! Wow. I, choose, I choose not to think about him. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with getting that one wrong. It's okay. We'll get one and one there? So or, no, 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 no. Okay, so it's 1.5 5. <laughs> Yeah, so it's 1.5 to 1.3. Okay, cool. All right, Mitchell, you're up. We got a barn why burner. Why not? Okay. <laughs> Mitchell. Why can't we just do like 10 points per question? Uh-uh. No. <laughs> Mitchell, okay. it's 1.5 to 1.3. Mitchell, right. which former West Virginia quarterback leads the league in completion percentage by over 5% and also leads the NFL in passer rating? Geno Smith. Correct. 1.5 to 2.3. Shreff, you're up. I didn't write the answer to this one, but I remember it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what number are we on? The fifth this question? This is the fifth question. Okay. 1.5 to 2.3. Shreff, there are five players who have five plus touchdowns so far this season. Sorry, rushing touchdowns so far this season. Okay. Nick Chubb. Jamal Williams, Derrick Henry, and which two non-running backs? Uh, two non-running backs, Jalen Hurts, and since you said, oh, uh, oh, it, Taysom Hill. Correct. I would have got it. Him on the, I, I've been looking at him on the waiver wires all week, so he's he's fresh on my mind. Okay. 2.5 to 2.3. We have a barn burner here. Mitchell. This running back is currently third in rush yards, and his team didn't pick up his fifth-year option this offseason. Joshua Jacobs. Josh Jacobs is correct. Mitchell takes the lead 3.3 to 2.5. Shref. Mm -hmm. In other words, 33 to 25. Nope. Shref. <laughs> which non-quarterback Leads the NFL in fumbles with four. That would be Mr. Melvin Gordon, I would assume. 
Correct. I only know that because he's like my least favorite player ever, just because of the whole. I mean, now it doesn't matter, but like as as a Javante right. owner in multiple leagues, he did sit the. Oh, oh. Three point five to three point three. Mitchell, you're up. Okay. After Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, and Stephon Diggs, which two wide receivers who were both traded for first rounders this offseason are tied for fourth in receptions? Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill. Incorrect. Oh, shoot. I feel like AJ Brown's got to be one of those, right? So, Shref's stealing? Definitely. Well, I mean, yeah, I think so. So, your guess is what? I mean, I feel like AJ Brown has to be one of them, right? What's your other guess? Uh, you we'll, give you, no, we'll give Mitchell. We, we'll give Mitchell the right one. He got Tyreek Hill. So, AJ Brown's your guess? I think so. That's also incorrect. Oh, I was fist pumping too. That makes me real upset. All right, hold on. Let me see if I can get it though. So no points are available. What's the score now? Uh, uh, it's got to. Gets... It's, it, it's got. Wait, I gotta have a point. Yeah, you get half a point. So Mitchell, what's the score? Is it three point eight to three point five? Mitchell takes the lead. <laughs> Wait a minute. Whoa, why? Hold on. You got half a point there for Tyreek Hill. I get you. I get you. Three point. I, and it, the answer is Marquise Brown, isn't it? Marquise Brown. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good call. Uh, okay. Yeah. I don't think Tyreek was even traded for a first, was he? Uh, he was. I'm pretty sure. Okay, just one. Okay. Yeah. So 3.5 to 3.8. Shref, you're up. Two questions remain. Shref. Well, if he doesn't get it, he loses. Which wide receiver leads the league in yards per catch at 28.1, helped greatly by catching the longest touchdown of the season thus far in week five? This is easy. I I would have gotten it without that, but Gabriel Davis. Yeah. Gabe Davis has like, so the many only yards, catch, and he has like eight catches. He, does, he has 11 he catches. That's long touchdowns. He has 11 catches, and he averages 28.1 yards per catch. <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. Uh, so score is four to 3.8. Yeah. Yes. No, no, you got a full point there. Oh. 4.5 to 3.8. Yeah. All right, Mitchell, you win. You get this, you win. If you don't, you lose. Okay. Is it a one one person answer? It's a two person answer, actually. Oh no! So wait, wait, what happens if I get point five? Um, it would, you lose. What's the it's, score? It's four point five to three point eight. Oh, that would, oh yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. All right. I gotta get both. <laughs> Fifteen of the top seventeen points per game leaders are kickers. Who are the two position players in the top 17? Hint? What do you mean, what do you mean by points per game? Like points, points scoring points per game. This excludes passing touchdowns, so don't think quarterbacks. Okay. Both of these players have seven touchdowns apiece. It's a good one. It's a good one. Gonna go with Nick Chubb and Austin Eckler. You got one right. No. Can I have a, can I have a guess? Yep. 
I think Eckler's I think Eckler's right. And I think Travis Kelsey's the other one. Correct answer is Nick Chubb and Travis Kelsey. Dang it. You guys all mentioned you guys all mentioned Yo Bagoyas there. Fun fact. (laughs) That's why Um, that's why I thought it was gonna be them two. No. Yeah, Eckler has five touchdowns. But I mean I also had Chubb's our winner. Okay. Yeah, I also had uh, Saquon and Cooper Cup, but I'm like, I don't think they have enough. So the final score was uh, five to four point three. Yeah, if we we count that last question, yeah. Travis Kelsey was staring me right in the face. Oh yeah, it's It's fresh in your mind. uh, Yeah, last night he had four. Yep. How many yards did he end up with? Did he end up with 25 yards? Uh, seven for 25, yes, I believe. I wonder if that, I wonder what, if that's ever happened before. Where a, well, it probably has, where a player I, scored four touchdowns but less than 25 yards. Receiving this touchdowns. This is, a good segue. this is a good segue into the next thing, but I, one of my friends uh, had like an eight-leg parlay on the game last night, and everything hit except for Travis Kelsey receiving yards. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> That's so tough. <laughs> if you if you just like went to the future and saw oh Travis Kelsey had thirty fantasy points yeah oh this is in the bag like, oh, yeah <laughs> oh nope. man that, yeah, that's, that's terrible rough. really rough like legit was legit like eight legs <laughs> wow all right uh, so it is time for sports book donation of the week let's remind everyone of how we did last week and the current standings. If I can pull it up here. So I was in the lead. I still am in the lead. Um, but I went one and two. Uh, I picked the Dolphins minus three, which I said at the beginning of the show, not my fault. Teddy Bridgewater was hurt in the first quarter and didn't finish the game. So I'm not going to not gonna blame myself for that one at all. Obviously, it still counts as a loss, but we're going to move on. And I'm going to realize that I can't beat myself up over that one. Bucks minus nine, I can beat myself up over because the Falcons still haven't not co- not covered and pretty much went exactly how Jack said it would. Uh, it would be it was a blowout. It was twenty one nothing, and then all of a sudden they backdoor cover. They lose by six. That uh, chance to win. Game. That Grady Jarrett roughing the passer was brutal. Yeah, that was very very bad. Um, so that did not hit. However, the Steelers and Bills under 46 and a half did thanks to our putrid offensive yeah. output. So I guess that was the only silver lining in the Steelers game there is that they contributed to that under. Um, no thanks to the defense. Shreff went two and one. He picked the Cowboys plus five and a half. They won outright over the Rams. He picked the Titans minus 2.5 and that Ooh. hit. They win by sweater. four. That was, yeah, that was a close one. I earned However, that one after the, the previous ones that I've gotten. Oh, oh man. That is that is true. However, his vibes were off on the vibes game. Uh, the Seattle and New Orleans game did not, in fact, go under 45.5. No, Jack went 2-1 and one on the weekend. 49ers uh, covered the 6.5 easily over the Panthers, resulting in the firing of Matt Rule. The Lions haven't looked like the Dan Campbell Lions as of late. They get shut out and they let up 29 points. They did not cover the three and a half, the Patriots. And Jack was right on the vibes game. 
because he had the opposite of Shreff and that game went over 45 and a half. So the standings as of now, I'm in first still at eight, eight and four. Shreff and Jack are now tied, will remain tied. They were tied last week uh, for second at five and seven apiece. So I still have a three game lead on these gentlemen. Um, and as always, we're going to pick two spreads and one total. And I get to go first because I am in the lead. And I have two that I really like. My total, I'm neutral about, but I'll get to that later because I'm not going to pick it now. Um, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can't see you, I guess, because I just went out of the app probably. Um, man, this is tough. I don't know where to decide between the two. I guess I'm going to go with... All right, I'll go with this one. I'm going with the Los Angeles Rams to cover 10 and a half points. Is that what FanDuel has? Yep. Yep. So my reasoning here, in the last 10 years, a team that is a double-digit favorite coming off of two consecutive against-the-spread losses, which the Rams are double-digit favorites, and they did not cover against the 49ers two weeks ago in Monday Night Football, and this past week against the Cowboys. Um... And again, just to repeat, last 10 years, team that's a double-digit favorite coming off of two consecutive against the spread losses, those teams are 46-28-2. So that's a large sample size with a very good record backing that up. The Panthers also are kind of in turmoil right now. Obviously, I just said a minute ago they fired Matt Rule. They might not have Baker Mayfield, which you know it's not that much of a downgrade, to be honest, to beat Jay Walker. However, I do think it's a slight downgrade, if anything. Um, but that stat really spoke to me, courtesy of Lock and Cash Sports on TikTok. Um, and I think the Rams are going to blow them out this year, and I, I love this spot. They're at home, and they really need a win, and they're going to win in a big way. Ten and a half for the Rams is where I'm going with. I know it's a big number, but I feel confident in it. Who's next? Streff, you want to go? Yeah, I can go. Um, I like that pick. I like a little bounce-back game for the Rams there. Um, this is both a bet that I'm making with my brain and with my heart, and I'll explain why. I am uh, essentially uh, sacrificing myself for the greater good of my brain on this pick. I still can't fathom the fact that the Giants are winning football games. They are plus five against Baltimore. I'm going to take them plus five uh, for a few reasons. Um one being that if they don't cover this game, that means that they will lose, and I'll finally feel good about the fact that I keep saying that the Giants are due to lose some games here. So that's one thing. But on the other hand, the Giants have lost one game. They keep proving people wrong time and time again. Um, Baltimore is a team that has been uh, up and down, to say the least, I would say. Uh, they are a team that has been led by their offense uh, the entire way. Um, the Giants' defense has shown up week after week and have been able to uh, uh, keep teams from doing what they want to do. So um, I think this game is going to end up being a little uglier, and I think it's going to be close. And while I'm not sure who's going to win this game, I do feel like the Giants are going to be able to cover five. So I'm going to take the Giants plus five as my first pick. I know TJ likes that as well. Oh, I'm He's sure. all over that. Oh, I'm sure. Not a good sign. That's an awful sign. 
So thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Should I mark it as an X right now? Or well, no, but hey, hey, like I said, I I want to be like in a in a world of uh, as an Eagles fan, I would love to be proven wrong on this pick. <laughs> I'm up. I feel like a lot of these are pretty tough. Um, I have back-to-back picks. First one I'm going to make, the Chargers. Go Chargers. Chargers. Cover five, minus five and a half against the Broncos on Monday Night Football. Broncos just look bad. I think Chargers are finding their groove and at home. Think they go in by six or more. I actually, I mean, I'm not gonna pick it, but I kind of like the opposite in this game, to be honest. Pick it. I'm not going to. Unless Shref picks my other one, or you pick my other one here, and I have to pivot, maybe I'll consider it. But if this is for zigzag purposes, note that the Chargers did not cover last week, yet they won by two. Yes, that is true. They were two and a half point favorites, I believe. Right. So that's my first pick. My second pick, again, a lot of I find a lot of these really tough to pick back and forth. So I'm going to go with my total and I'm just going to go with the fun one. I'm going to go with the over Chiefs and Bills. It's 53 and a half. Uh, yeah. I believe it's the same total as it was last year. I took the over mm-hmm. then. And both offenses give me no reason to think that they won't score points as they did last year. So I like it. It Jack. could be 32 and 33. 32-33, and I'd get that. What? You disagree? So, so Sheriff, was that yours as well? Uh, it was not mine, but I, re- I very much enjoy that pick. I very much enjoy that Okay. Pick. Well, that was mine, and my reasoning... Oh. I, I'm going to say my reasoning uh, as well. Um, even though I can't pick it, I just want to, so I guess, support Jack's argument and uh, reasoning. Uh, the last three matchups between these two teams have combined for 62, 58, and 78 points, respectively. Uh, I had the under when Jack had the over in our lock of the week uh, for the AFC Championship game last year, and I got burned right. because it was looking good, but then all of a sudden these teams just exploded out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, since 2018, when Mahomes took over as a starter, uh, Kansas City Chief games have gone over the total. In fifty five point six percent of the time, which is third most in the league. Yeah, I remember me and you had a, a long debate about it on our episode, and I mean, if you just look in terms of points for all of last season, that it should have gone over, and it did. So it's gonna be fun, root for points. So that's why I'm taking it, and I also don't feel that strongly about any other uh, spread. So I'll just take what's left for me. Yeah, I gotta I gotta pivot now for my other one. So we'll see how I go with the total here. It's gonna be a vibes pick for me on that one. That was the only one I had data for. Um, but hopefully I'm more of a I can channel the Jack vibes instead of the Shref vibes. So but anyway, Shref, go ahead. I was hoping Jack would maybe take a line so because there's two that I'm really debating between right now. Then don't take mine. Hmm. This is a tough one. All right. I'm going to go. Take the Patriots plus three at Cleveland. That's going to be my second pick. Um, 
I'm loving what I'm seeing out of the Patriots in terms of uh, in the trenches. That's the that that's kind of where their bread has been buttered these last few weeks with Zappy in there. Um, Zappy has certainly gotten the job done. Patriots running game looks good as ever. Obviously, Damian Harris is going to be out for a little bit, but I uh, I don't see Ramondre Stevenson having any any problem uh, picking up a little bit of that slack there. Um, he's proven that he can do it before. I think he'll do it again. Um, Cleveland, uh, they, they still confuse me a little, uh, a very fun team this year for sure. Um, but it just, for me, this feels like the Patriots are starting, obviously Mac's going to come back and that's going to change some things, but it seems like they're starting to find a groove with Zappy at quarterback right now. Um, and yeah, this is definitely more of a feel pick instead of like a numbers pick or anything like that. I just feel like it seems like the Pats are starting to find their groove. I trust Belichick, trust the Patriots. Plus three at Cleveland. I like it. I don't know how to feel about this game. As you guys know, I pick every single game uh, against the spread. and keep track of how I'm doing, which I'm doing very well this year. I'm, I'm, I had a very good week last week, but I didn't really pick my locks smartly. So um, there's that. But anyway, I think out of the 14 games that are going on this weekend, I haven't picked two yet, and that's one of them. I'm just not really sure about this one. So, yeah, for I'm 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 riding I'm riding a team that see I don't know it it seems like they've maybe found their identity a little bit, um, and I'm I'm gonna ride the hot hand with that one. Uh, Cleveland came off of a not a grud, I mean, very close game, but kind of all over the place. I think I think Patriots are gonna control the line of scrimmage. I think is what it comes down to for me. All right, there you go. So luckily that was not mine. Um, but what I'm going with is uh, Steelers plus eight and a half. Oh, no, that was my one I was going to rely on. My vibes. Oh, I love one. this. Oh, Jack's scrambling. I love it. Yeah, sorry about that, Jack. Um, the reasoning behind that um, is since 2007, which is the year Mike Tomlin has taken over as head coach. The Steelers are first in the league as a home underdog at 14-3-3. So, (laughs) yeah, that's really good numbers there. That just just makes perfect sense for the Mike Tomlin team. Yeah, I don't know. I just have a really good feeling about this game. And the Bucs haven't looked good. So, they, uh, you know, they're 3-2. But... You know, two of their win. That first game was against the Cowboys, and it was nineteen to three. The offense didn't look great. Uh, then they played the Saints. They won twenty to ten, I think it was, but they scored a defensive touchdown. Then last week they really backpedal their way into that victory. So it's not going to be like, although our defense does not look good whatsoever right now, it's not going to be a juggernaut like the Bills were last week. It's at home. Kenny's getting better. And I just like, I think eight and a half points is a little too much. I mean, I think we can keep this very close. I'm not going to say we're going to win. I, I think, I think we can win. Um, it really wouldn't shock me. I'm not going to say we're going to win, but I think we can at least keep it within like a field goal even. So I'm really liking eight and a half. And that's not even like, like, obvi- like that's just, those are just numbers right there. Like 14, three and three is a home underdog over a 15-year sample size, uh, first in the league by a wide margin, I will take that. Oh, you're out of data. What? I thought you said you had no more data. Oh, that was for... Sorry, that was for oh, the totals. 
Oh, okay. So what's your so, so what's your total? I'm, I'm really scrambling right now. I don't know. I might even have to <laughs> decline and like be the last pick in this, but um, I, mean, I'm I might as well. I, I'll just pick. I mean, honestly, I'll, I'll I'll give it to you if you want, so I can look at them because I don't even know what I'm gonna do. All right, I'll take it. Uh, I, I, as I was, hmm? I said Mitchell defers. You're up, Shreff. Yeah, I love it. Um, I had a few written down, and then as I was looking, this one, this one's speaking to me right now. Um, I'm gonna take the over in the Jets Packers game. It is set at 46 and a half at the moment. Um, I'm just going based off of eye test on this one. The Jets defense is not very good. Um, if we're doing just a quick little box score check, give up 24 to the Ravens week one, 30 to the Browns week two, 27 to the Bengals week three, 20 to the Steelers in week four, and then 17 to the Dolphins in week five. But that was also with Teddy Bridgewater going out very early into the game. Um, and this offense just, just seems to be able to put up points. Um, they've gotten into a lot of just like kind of boat race games where, uh, they're just like kind of going, I mean, this Dolphins game, they were just kind of the ones scoring, but I don't know. I, I, Zach Wilson's a very like all over the place quarterback. I think we could see just some, you know, some turnovers throughout the game, setting a field position more than anything. I, I think, uh, I think after that London game, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be, going to be out for some blood knowing him. And I think the Jets defense is like the perfect defense to, to do that on. And I think the Jets offense is good enough to where they're going to try to hang with them and try to score as quickly as they maybe are going to. So with that being said, I think there's going to be a lot of points. I think there will be more than 46 and a half points. So I'll take the over. Perfect. Yeah, I like it. I think it's a big bounce back for the Packers too. Um you know, Jets are probably feeling themselves right now, and they are what? They're three and two, three and two. And so, like, I mean, the offense, like, it's a, it's a little, it's up and down, but like, they have some. I mean, it seems like Brees Hall is kind of starting to take over that backfield, which I think people were waiting for, and I think that adds an entire new element to that offense. And yeah, just I feel like they're going to score. I feel like both teams are going to score. Yeah, I mean, just look at the quarterbacks they've played though. When they when they won, they played they beat Jacoby Brissett. A half of Mitch Trubisky and Skyler Thompson. Yeah. So I think Aaron Rodgers is gonna It'll be an eye opening game. I think. I think it's an especially after yeah, especially after a tough loss um mm. to the Giants last week. So yeah, they'll be ready. Uh can I go now? I think I'm ready to pick my yep. total. Yep. Um I just want to confirm. So Fandle does have eight and a half of the Steelers, right? Yep. Yeah. And the total you said for the Jets Packers was 46 and a half, Shreff? I believe yes, 46 and a half still. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to go with uh the under. So this is also a fun fact. So Shreff has picked two unders and one o- one over. Jack has picked all overs in the 3 weeks that we've picked totals and I've picked all unders. Hmm. Uh So I'm going to go with the under in the Dallas Eagles game. Actually, I like that. I it's like 42. That I have 42 and a half. Is that what it is for what you guys are seeing? Uh, it's, yep, 42 and a half. Yeah, so, I mean, again, I didn't have any stats or numbers or data for this one here. I just, just looked at it right now. Uh, my reasoning with this one, two very good defenses. Uh, I know Cooper Rush is winning games, but you know 
he hasn't he been really? he's he hasn't been prolific in in terms of like I know he hasn't thrown an interception, but he hasn't thrown that many touchdowns either. He only he's, comp- he has 830 yards and four touchdowns in like four and a half games. Right. So he's not really throwing that much. I think both these teams are going to want to run the ball, which is going to, you know, clock runs when you run. So I think that could, that is more in favor of a lower point total. Two really good defenses. I mean, the Cowboys haven't let up 20 points in a game yet this year. And, you know, we all know about the Eagles defense as well. So I, I, I would kind of like 42 and a half. Um, it's, it's not the highest of numbers, but I think it's going to be, I could see this really being a, I don't know. It could be a 2017 similar to last week for the Eagles, like kind of a, you know, slugfest. You two, two, two good teams. So, and two really, really good defenses. So, um, yeah. I'm again. I I just picked it right now, but uh, I I think it's a pretty good one. It, it's the now that you mentioned it, it is kind of funny that like I mean obviously the two best games of the weekend are that and then Bills Chiefs and you're getting like polar opposites where like I'm almost more excited to watch this Eagles Dallas game for the defense um and then you're getting Bills Chiefs which should hopefully just be offense galore so it's going to be a good like mix hopefully yeah Jack always oh, debating he's shaking his head right now also I wish we could just put Chiefs Bills on Sunday Night Football and put Eagles Cowboys on Monday and just kick the Chargers and Broncos out of there yeah, what the bro? How the bro? Oh, no, 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 no. Let's kick the Thursday night Thursday. game out of there. Yes, Thursday yeah, night game is very bad. <laughs> yeah, let's kick that one way out of here. So, should I pick it? All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it up in honorable mentions, but go ahead. You can pick your other one. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I'll just pick that game, and I'm just gonna pick the Commanders. Oh my gosh, why? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. One point this, is the, this is really the furthest thing from a. We've come a long way from lock of the week because this is anything but a lock. This is just like flipping a coin. Yeah, well, that's how I feel about all these games. Like the Jaguars and Colts, they have a weird rivalry. The Bengals and Saints, Taysom Hill kind of scares me. The Jets and Packers, Packers look bad. I don't think they can cover seven against the Jets. Vikings, Dolphins, don't know who's going to start for the quarterback of the Dolphins. Niners, Falcons, I love the Niners, but Falcons are the only undefeated team against the spread. Uh, Cardinals, Seahawks, that's a coin flip game at two and a half each. Uh, I want to pick the Cowboys five and a half. That scares me. I think I'm being a homer if I do. And that's it. So I don't know. I'll just take the Commanders plus one. Hmm. Carson Wentz is like, if you're ranking quarterbacks, I bet Carson Wentz is like, 28 and Justin Fields is like 29 so they have the quarterback edge oh wow a big quarterback edge there um okay well there you have it I'll read them off one more time so I went I went with uh Rams minus 10 and a half Steelers plus eight and a half and the Dallas Philly game under 42 and a half Shref goes with Giants plus five Patriots plus three and the Jets Packers over 46 and a half and Jack goes with the Chargers minus five and a half, the Bills and Chiefs over 454. And for some reason, unbeknownst to anyone, 
like, the Washington Commanders no, plus one. I gave you my reason. I it's just it's a coin flip. I don't like. I don't disagree. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, so it sounds like Jack doesn't have any honorable mentions because he struggled to pick his second one. So, Streff, do you have any other honorable mentions that you would think that provides a little bit of value? The, uh, the internal debate I was having was with the Niners minus five and a half. I, I think if there's a team that's going to be able to break that spell of the Falcons covering, I think, like, I mean, what, what were the Bucks favored by going into last week? Nine. And, I mean, I right now I think the Niners are a, a much better team than the Buccaneers are. So, I mean... I feel like lowering that to five and a half. I, 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 I will be taking that this weekend, even though it was not one of my picks. I, I will be taking that. Sure. Have you said under Jets Packers, right? I said over. Whoops. Okay. I'm going over, baby. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, so I don't really have anything with spreads, but some totals that I thought were interesting. Uh, there really should be Cardinals and Seahawks. I mean, the total is the second highest of the weekend at 51. There should be a lot of scoring in that game. The Seahawks are surprisingly have looked very good on the offensive side of the ball. Two defenses that don't look very good at all. Besides, I know the Cardinals played relatively well last week on defense, but overall, not good. The Seahawks defense looks even worse. Um, so, you know, a lot of shootouts there. So I, I, I hope that's the case because I want the Cardinals to score the ball. Um, and it, it's just so interesting. I really wanted to consider taking the under in the Thursday night game, but it just gets getting lower and lower. It's started at 39 when I saw it. Now it's at 37 and a half. It's just like keeps going way down. I take the under. Yeah, I don't know. Like that's just like it's so hard to like I don't know. These are still NFL teams. Like maybe they Carson just have a Wentz, set. Carson Wentz revenge game. You guys oh, see what Ron Rivera said? Oh, against his own head coach? Because yeah, yes. I did see that. He's got. He's got. He's. He's gonna prove everyone wrong on Thursday. Okay. The best you Carson Wentz so. you can have. Yeah. When he when he tries to do too much. A chip on the shoulder, Carson Wentz, the best. Plus um, one. Yeah. I think also the stat that I read last week was. I think it was if there's a double, I don't know if it's double digits or 11 point favorites or more in the past, like 10 years, like a large, large percentage of those games go under. Uh, I guess I know I picked it for this. I think it was 11 point favorites or more in the past, like 10 years or something mm. where, where, because that, that was my rationale for picking the Steelers bills under last week. And that did hit, but I don't think, oh, no. the I don't think the Rams, Panthers qualifies because I think it was eleven, and that's a ten and a half. Okay, um, right. but that that totals at forty and a half, which does seem pretty low. But the Panthers are not good, so and the Rams aren't great either. So like, I I agree with you, Mitchell. I think they'll win by. I think if I had to pick, I'd pick them to cover. But like, Rams don't look good. So like their offense, other than Cooper Cup, like there's just nothing there. No run game. No threat to pass to besides cup they have skoronic and higby robinson's not a factor so i could see that under as well i'm really banking on daryl henderson because i have some bye week issues at running back 
and I need Daryl Henderson to do something, which is never a good thing to bet on. However, the Panthers did just let up like 180 yards and two touchdowns on the ground to the 49ers. So I'm hoping uh, he can at least fall in the end zone or something like that or just have something. You know, all he needs is like eight points. That's all I really need. That's all I'm asking for. So we'll see. Life on the line. You bet on Carson Wentz or Daryl Henderson? In what? Anything. Horseshoes. Uh, I would take Carson and Wentz in that. He definitely is good at horseshoes, actually. Yeah. Daryl Henderson's never thrown a horseshoe in his life. I can guarantee you that. We ask? Yeah. Uh, anyway, anything else to say before we close out today's episode? No, let's close yeah. it. Do it. Let's close it out. All right, folks, you've made it to the end of the 206th episode of the Hogline Podcast. Congratulations. Um, thank you for listening. And um, we'll catch you next week with another episode. Go Kenny. Go Steelers. Go under in the Eagles-Cowboys game. Uh, and all the other stuff. So, thank you. Yeah, Chef closes out. Thoughts, prayers, Matt Stairs, County Fairs, Grizzly Bears, and Kevin Ware. Oh man, too soon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>